You're listening to a special Screening in Kingston podcast. The following episode contains major spoilers for Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, we're here to talk some Spider-Man. Um, I am, I'm Mike, of course, uh, and with me, uh, because Taylor doesn't uh, go see these movies, um, is uh, is Andrew once again has joined me. Welcome back, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Uh, Andrew, most of you will recognize his voice from our um, spoiler talk we did on Endgame. Um, so he's back because he's a big Marvel and Spider-Man fan. And we're going to talk about uh, Far From Home. Far From Home. Um, and so before we get any further, there's already been one spoiler warning, but I'm going to do it once more. Because this movie is impossible to talk about without spoiling it. So this is a full spoiler warning. If you have not seen Spider-Man Far From Home, please stop listening. Go see the movie and then come back and listen to this podcast. If you've already seen it or for some reason you don't care about spoilers, then continue to to listen. Um, so before we get into our thoughts of the movie, quick funny story. On air this week, Taylor and I chatted a little bit about Spider-Man Far From Home. Mm-hmm. And she asked a couple questions and I couldn't really answer any of them because the first question she asked is, is Mysterio a villain? <laughs> and that's kind of hard to answer it's a loaded question. Yeah, that's like very, very <laughs> challenging to, to answer. So um, basically, yeah, because we're spoiling it now, we're into it. Uh, Mysterio, you know, it, it, in the comics and in everything usually is a, is a villain, but it's sort of presented in the trailer and at the beginning of this movie is, as not a villain. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought that that was kind of funny that I had to deal right off the bat with that. <laughs> so anyone who's seen the movie knows that I kind of just – BS'd my way through an answer to that because I was like, well, he's he's not in in this film because <laughs> that's what the, I was trying to go with what the trailer tells you. Yeah, which yeah. that's my first thought on the film. I mean, we'll just get into like our general thoughts about what we thought about the movie. My first thought of the film was the trailer once again shows you about the first twenty minutes of the movie. Yeah, that's a like the same as Endgame. That's about it though. The rest of it is completely different. Yeah, they're getting very good at that. And yeah, I, actually, I appreciate it because. I do like watching trailers, but now I almost feel like I stay away from them because I'm afraid of the spoilers that they're going to bring. You don't have to now. But not they're going to show you the first 20 minutes of the movie, and then the rest of it, you have no idea what's going on. Yeah, no. And I thought that was, like, really well done. Because if you know Spider-Man, you know who Mysterio is, and you have a sense that he's a villain. Even in the, like, cartoon that I remember watching, Mysterio's always been a villain. Mm -hmm. He's always been a special effects artist of some sort. Um, but the way they presented it, they had me kind of convinced. Like, I was like, oh, they are, I guess they are doing this differently. Yeah. Like they kind of throw in that whole, that word multiverse. So it makes yes. you think of, oh, there's definitely some possibilities of some. Maybe there's two of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, the yeah. whole time, like I was thinking, could he somehow run into his version of him on this earth and that version kill him and be evil or whatever? Yeah. Cause they presented him as such a nice, well-meaning person. And then, of course, you figure out that it's it's all it's all an illusion. But oh, nice word. Yeah. Um, 
so let's just go into general thought. Like, what did you think about the movie? And and right now, like coming out after it, how would you rank it in your Marvel cinematic movies? Like, where does it sit for you? As well as what did you think of the movie? I, I thought the movie was great. I'm a I'm a big Spider Man fan. He was my my go to as a kid. Um, and yeah, like it, it was really good. It, like how you kind of said, it presented the the trailer like the first twenty minutes, and the rest was a surprise, which was which is great. Yeah. Um, everybody uh, did a great job acting wise. Like Jalen Hall was amazing. <sighs> yeah, well, which... I want to talk about that scene in the bar. Yeah, later yeah, when, no, once you get there. That's a really great scene. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like uh, it was. Uh, you know, it stayed true to sort of what they've been doing with Spider Man, but threw some new stuff at us. Um, yeah, overall, I liked it. Um, as far as where it ranks, that's a tough question. I don't know if I've actually ever really ranked them in my head. But would you say um, this is like one where you're like, oh, I like thoroughly enjoyed it, would watch it again, lots of yeah. fun. How many are there now? Like 25? There are 23. Okay. I, I, I would place it definitely in the top 10. Then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm feeling very similar. Like I really enjoyed um, uh, the last one, Homecoming. Yeah. But I felt this one was even better which you don't yeah. normally get with a sequel yeah that's very true yeah i, I thought everything was better like uh, the characters were already de- already developed in the first movie mm-hmm. so there wasn't as much of that yeah and um you got to dive in um they really did the whole uh, blips snap thing really well i like how they called it the blip because not everyone would actually know a snap had anything to do with it mm-hmm. so the yeah. avengers calling it the snap made a lot of sense because they all saw it yeah. but anyone else it seemed like people blipped out of existence and then blipped back um so there's a lot to get in here to in here and i think we'll probably go along the movie as chronologically as we can but the one thing i didn't want to say of something you said about the characters i i felt very similar to my feelings going into the original like toby mcguire sam raimi spider-mans where i liked spider-man one but spider-man two felt like an extension of everything and just Mm -hmm. felt like it was better but as a pairing it worked so well and this is exactly how i feel about far from home i feel like as a pairing with homecoming and yes because it's the mcu you have to watch other things in there Mm -hmm. but even as just as a pairing it's like it's a really good story and they connect really well and the characters are so well fleshed out that you didn't have to spend as much time on them in this time you can just go with it and what i really appreciated too is i was half worried half not it was just something in the back of my mind going into it was that because they did show us like the first 20 minutes in the trailer that they were really going to focus on Endgame, mm-hmm. and that where it's going to be an extension of that movie as well mm-hmm. and it it was in a sense but it was really quick it was like okay beginning. here's yeah. here's yeah you know here's yeah. the gist of it okay we're done with that let's move on to this movie you're essentially over with the Endgame stuff relatively quickly but yeah. i felt like they did it in a way that was satisfying mm-hmm. um right at the beginning of the movie they they kick it off with this really ridiculous in memoriam video yes. that clearly a high school student put together and what i liked about that was that's exactly what high school in memoriam videos looked like yeah if someone just had to throw it together through clip art and the like picture of vision is all blurry because they couldn't find one of them like clearly. i think it even says getty images yeah you get it's like, like, <laughs> like it's a stock image at the end it's it's you know even though it was funny and i i feel like i don't know if i was necessarily ready to laugh it was kind of a nice way to kick off the movie you kind of have this feeling of like okay we're in for a laugh. This is going to be a funny movie. Um, and yeah, they they kind of then give you a little glimpse into to the issues that happened. 
after everyone returned from the snap like they the the aunt may is doing a basically a raising money for people who were left homeless after coming back yeah. she even said when she came back she was in someone else's apartment now like someone else had clearly moved into her apartment yeah as you would if people are, didn't exist for five years that was the the one thing which i wish they would have addressed a little bit more is the whole when you come back where you are something like i have a distinct feeling they're going to though i hope so you know what i mean it's a very interesting part of that whole thing and like they kind of slightly touch on it they show like a video of a basketball game and everyone blips back to the exact spot yeah the the band the marching band blips back guy runs into the guy yeah it it was pretty funny but it's like makes you think about well what about people like airplanes yeah yeah and things like that like what because you clearly saw at the end like in one of the post-credit scenes at the end of infinity war the one with Nick Fury in it, he's driving around and an airplane crashes. Yeah. Right? Because probably the pilots were, you know, blipped or whatever. So, yeah, that does bring up a lot of interesting questions. And I think, like, this, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has a lot of questions to answer about what happened. But I feel like they, they're giving us a little bit to the time because they always do that. Yeah. The Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's a TV show. It's not movies. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. episodes of a TV show, a really high-budget well done television show so yeah i think that they're probably every movie that comes out in subsequent is going to touch upon it even a little bit um which this movie did a bit but yeah i i think i feel the exact same way you did i really enjoyed the movie it was a lot of fun um definitely in my top 10 too in terms of like ranking mcu movies and i just thought that overall for like a sequel that's also coming off of endgame it's a really hard task like even endgame was a hard task marvel keeps nailing it i mean i know this is technically sony but still marvel's creatively involved like every single time that you think oh is this gonna work like all the way back to guardians of the galaxy is like is this gonna work every single time it has like they've they've nailed it every single time yeah yeah for sure um so going into the movie then like as we said it kind of kicks off um in the school you learn a little bit about what happened post blip uh what was interesting is like some people who are five who were five years younger are now in the same class and, and grade as Peter and his friends who have all who have all come back the same age. Like they haven't aged at all. And they have this funny moment where Flash Thompson is is basically used his ID, which would say he's twenty one, but technically he's sixteen. Like he looks sixteen, his body was sixteen, but technically he's twenty one, but he was blipped. So but he's using his fake ID. So those problems again are, are popped up of fun things that people can can do with it. But yeah, right off the bat, um I it was so interesting to see this movie unfold and to see everything I saw in the trailer happen in the first 20 minutes. Like right off the bat, as soon as they arrive in Europe, Nick Fury comes and finds Spider-Man. Um, he meets uh, Quentin Beck, Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal, and you're basically off on this adventure to stop these elementals, as, as they call them. Um, but you quickly find out after they both defeat the elementals um, that it was a ruse the entire time to get the Tony Stark's glasses. Yeah. So Tony Stark's glasses that he's used in the past couple of movies, which basically control his own network, I guess. Um, he gives it to Peter post his death. Also, spoiler alert, he dies in the other movie. Um, I think we covered you that. Should, yeah, you should know. <laughs> you should know by now. You shouldn't be listening to this. Um, and he he's basically given it to Peter, and Quentin Beck is part of a team of people who used to work for Tony Stark who are – felt they felt wronged that, that was a cool little surprise too yeah and i liked how they went through um a couple of flashbacks of some of the movies like 
you key scenes that you remember, but yeah. they kind of throw them in the background. Yeah. Like, oh, like he was over here yeah. in the, behind the curtain when Tony yeah. was presenting to MIT. Th- yeah. Things like that. Like yeah. it was really interesting. It's like, oh, okay. Like they really, you know, tied it in well to to the whole story. And what I liked about it is, and and this is what I've liked about Marvel from the beginning is Tony Stark has always been the hero and the villain of the story. Like he is both the antagonist and the protagonist at the same time mm-hmm. where he, every action he takes, it's like those sort of like, well, people, I was about to say the Oedipus thing, but most people relate that to sleeping with your mom, but that's not, that's not the only thing that Oedipus was. The other point of Oedipus was he, every time he tried to do something to change his future, it would backfire on him. Mm-hmm. Like the whole lesson is never change your future. Um, so uh, Tony Stark, every time he tries to do something to protect, it causes damage. Like that was the, the whole Captain America versus Tony Stark, like argument was Captain America wanted to wait till something happened and then react to it. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark wanted to proactively do things, yeah. which both have their issues yeah. and problems. Yeah. And in this movie, you kind of see it like he clearly was dealing with people not really, I mean, you know, they were insane, but obviously like mistreating them as well. Mm-hmm. Like he's taking advantage of some of, of these people who work for him. They feel wronged. And now they're basically going after this technology he's left behind to Peter. Um, and Quentin Beck, Mysterio, basically tricks Peter into thinking like, I'm going to be an Avenger. I'm from a different earth. I'm here to help. Um, and it works. And it works like in a, in a way that is, I actually felt like, oh, this is believable. Yeah. Like yeah. it's not just him being gullible. It's kind of a believable situation. Yeah. It it was a little quick. Yeah. I think that was the only sort of, like that's when I realized as soon as he gave those glasses over, I'm like, so this is where it happens. Oh yeah, this is in the, yeah, but this is it. Yeah, that was. But yeah, like the way he presented himself and and how he befriended Peter was really genuine. Like you really thought like he was just looking out for his best interest, and really kind of came off like he didn't want Edith. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, that's the yeah, name, of, name of uh, the, the the computer system and the glasses. Uh, uh, even dead, I'm the hero. Even dead, I'm the hero. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> so that's the acronym that Tony Stark came up with. Edith, even death, <laughs> even dead. I'm the hero, um, which again is a very Tony Stark thing, and I yeah. felt like they made that work. Um, and I really liked the the parallels they drew between Tony Stark and Peter mm-hmm. in these times, and and like Peter has often the same mentality as as Tony Stark, which is why they kind of bonded in Civil War of this idea of like if I have the power to do something, I need to try to stop it before it happens, which again aligns with with what you know tony stark believes um but yeah that was like that was a really cool plot point of these glasses being handed off and it basically controls his network of satellites also other things like i mean that was the focus was these drones and the satellite yeah yeah. but it uh, we've seen from tony stark he can do multitudes of things and i'm sure it's a vast yeah like even uh when peter first puts them on he's finding out stuff about his classmates on yeah the class. he can like read their texts and stuff <laughs> yeah. oh it was very funny that was that was like very well done and a very funny funny scene um so i guess we'll kind of get to the the scene i want to talk about which is they're they're in this bar um after the the elementals have been defeated peter hands over the glasses leaves and it's revealed that this has been a ruse the entire time i have never in all my years of seeing movies seen a like watched a scene where a character stands on a table and spouts exposition and plot points 
for about 15 minutes and it's captivating and interesting. Yeah. Like normally those types of scenes are like, what? oh, this is so weird. They got, they're just spouting exposition. Yeah. But he made it re- like Jake. This is Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor who I think made this work. That speech in someone else's hands would not have worked. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he he definitely made that a moment for him. For sure. Yeah, and I I couldn't believe it. Like I was captivated the whole time. And I at the beginning of it, I remember thinking, Oh no, here we go. Like this is just going to be a bunch of recap of information. Where is this movie going? But it worked, and it was so good. And I at the end of it, I was like, Wow, that was like I want I want him to keep going. Like I want to hear more. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed that scene too. And uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier about the flashbacks and stuff, like it really added to it um, as well because it gave context to what mm-hmm. he was talking about. It wasn't just him standing on the table and just spouting because they yeah. would flash back every yeah. once in a while to like, oh, you know, you over here, you had that job or this thing. And they would show a key scene from a movie from Yeah, before. like the guy who was a lab technician in the first Iron Man movie. Yeah. Um, and like Jake Gyllenhaal's character was the one who came up with the holographic technology that's introduced in Civil War. But then there were other characters who were like, oh, they all were working for Tony Stark in some capacity, whether it be, I think one person was like a speech writer and one person was doing something with, I think she had something with microwave energy or something, but it's something within their engineering department. And yeah, you're right. Like that was, that kind of added to it and made it such an interesting, such an interesting way of going about it where it's similar to the first Spider-Man movie where it's a, former Stark employee who felt he's been wronged by Stark or something. We well, didn't work for Stark in the first one, but he was connected. Yeah. And then in this one, it's like, this is a whole group of employees. And again, e- the whole, even dead, I'm the hero. It's like also even dead. You're the, you're the villain too. Yeah. Like, yeah. even though Tony Stark is dead, his impact on the universe is still so huge that you're still seeing the fallout from it. And I think it was kind of cool that, not just to move on from everything so quickly. Like they made this Spider-Man movie uh, uh, essentially about that, about Peter stepping in to the shoes of Iron Man. Yeah. It makes you wonder what's, if they're going to play on that more, you know, like is, yeah. What's the next stage, you know, for, for the Avengers. Yeah. And I guess, interesting. yeah, I guess, I guess we kind of got also tricked a little bit, which we, we can jump around here cause we're in full spoiler talk, but Nick Fury and Maria Hill, who play a huge role in this movie, it's revealed at the end that it's not them. Mm-hmm. It's two scrolls. Mm-hmm. So, um, who are working on behalf of Nick Fury? Like, Nick Fury told them to do this. Um, but that's interesting because they seem to avoid where all the Avengers are. So, it's possible they actually didn't know. You know, like, yeah. I, like as opposed to, you know, the, oh, they're all conveniently somewhere. It's These two scrolls probably have no idea where all the yeah. Avengers are. <laughs> and clearly they're doing something because like one of the post-credit scenes, like, Nick Fury's on a spaceship somewhere. Yeah. We, we don't know where and what he's doing. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think you're right. Like, it's going to be interesting to see what do they do next within the universe with what is Peter's role? Is he going to be... The kind of next Iron Man take up a leadership mantle, which we know from what Kevin Feige, the producer, says is that Captain Marvel and Black Panther play major roles moving forward. Right. But Spider-Man, I would imagine, because he's so – Tom Holland's so young. And he's – I think he's signed on for 10 films, wow. I think is what – something like that. It's like a lot. Um, you'd think they would be utilizing him in a major mm. way. Yeah. And the fact that he's, a, he's one of the only ones that is actually still stationed on Earth. Because I'm trying to remember where everyone is. Yeah, I think the uh, Falcon slash new Captain America would still be on 
Right. So yes. So both Bucky yeah. uh, and and Falcon. There. We both. don't really know what Bucky's up to. No, he kind of yeah, hands no over idea. the mantle to to Falcon. Yeah, and just kind of like and, pieces. Yeah. So like, is, are they going to team? Are they going to be a team too? Like yeah. that. See, I had heard that they were planning a movie with the two, like like Cap, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, or Falcon right. and the Winter Soldier, or something like that. Yeah, like yeah. they were they were planning a movie with those two, but nothing's been announced. Mm. But I wouldn't be surprised if that's a duo now. Um, and they, yeah, so you're right. They're on Earth. Thor is not. Mm. Um, so he's with the Guardians. He's with the Guardians. Captain Marvel's probably back in space. I have no idea what happened. I can't remember what happened to the Hulk at the end. He's around. He he was hurt um, by the snap. Um, and he's, and I read somewhere that that's a permanent thing. Like he, oh, his, his arm is, like is hurt. Damaged. He's still going to be a force to wreck with you know he's still got one good arm <laughs> yeah oh no absolutely and i and i feel i feel like we're not that's not the last we've seen of him yeah. but he probably isn't playing a major role anymore right yeah, like he's yeah. no longer one of the main he, avengers he was in that little thing at the end of of uh end game as well mm-hmm. where they kind of were like signing off so it kind of points in that direction yeah so they might see him again but probably not in terms of of in a big way so yeah it, that it would make sense that Spider-Man is kind of the center of the new characters that they'll introduce, but then they can take Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Falcon, Winter Soldier, him, and kind of build a new team around that. With, I mean, they will introduce new characters. Um, the next couple movies, though, are a lot of, like, we've got the Black Widow prequel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, and I think the in, the Internals, Eternals are, are coming up. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. So that'll be the first time we kind of meet new characters in a, in a while. But yeah, I, I think that I definitely think that they set it up in a way where Spider-Man can 100% take the mantle and run with it. Um, so your thoughts then on on the second half of the movie. So the minute we find out, okay, Mysterio is actually a villain. He's really good with technology. They've they've pretty much this whole thing is an illusion. To me, the movie just took off from there and just never stopped. Like, I thought those illusion battles were incredible. Yeah, it was really well done. Uh, I kind of wish there was a bit more of it uh, I, I, without making the movie, I guess, three hours long. Yeah, yeah. Hard to, but, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I've always enjoyed uh, Spider-Man and Mysterio battles, even, like, in the 90s cartoon mm-hmm. and in the comic books. They've always been really interesting because he kind of um, taunts spider-man with his fears and 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 stuff kind of like um from from the batman scarecrow scarecrow yes kind of like scarecrow does yeah but in a in a like without the drugs yeah without the drugs yeah yeah technology based which is really interesting and what was interesting about that is like he's not physically able to compete with spider-man yeah but he he can't do it he he's not physically able to fight him one-on-one so he has to use technology and illusions but it works so well because it's so mind-blowing yeah. like just the way they they cinematography and the cgi and the way they did that it was incredible it, it felt very similar to to the, you know batman mysterious like have, going through all the illusions with the scarecrow you didn't know what was real and what wasn't and it was yeah it was a wild ride yeah they they got me a couple of times with that you know when oh it's over oh no it's not yeah you know there's there he is again it's yeah it was really well done and like i said i kind of wish there was a bit more of it but i guess with you know time restraint stuff you can't really go too much into yeah it. i could have used a second one yeah. like i felt the first one was good because spider-man was completely un 
like unprepared for it and he gets really badly hurt it would have been interesting to before like i and i get like plot wise things moved forward quickly from there and i liked the moment he, he got with happy and all that stuff but i think it would have been nice to yeah maybe there's two end battle moments and he does you know he it's almost like he figured it out too quickly how to defeat it if he had a harder time with the illusion in the the final battle and then it's when he's up facing mysterio and the few drones that are left maybe that's when he figures it out a lot better um but yeah he um it was interesting it was it was a very interesting way to go about it because they were using technology as opposed to just being like magic mm. which sometimes in the comic books things are just explained away by by magic but really making it believable how this would work and using the technology and holograms but still having these drones actually cause damage so it was very believable i thought that was really cool what do you think about the number of suits that spider-man already has and then he's only had two movies hey i i don't mind that like i don't mind the suit upgrades that most characters get every single movie because i think that again that reminds me of the comic books like they're always upgrading their suits um i think it made sense that spider-man would make his own suit in this movie and to show that parallel with iron man i really liked that so i thought that that was really well done um i think that probably the suit he has now is probably one that is going to stick for a bit. I, I would so, imagine. Because yeah. it looks so much like the regular, yeah. the way I would normally look at Spider-Man. I did like the one he got in Homecoming. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. With the, what was her name? He called oh, her Lady in the Suit or something. Yeah, he but he called her, he gave, he gave her a name yeah, though. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. But anyways, I liked that whole like, I don't know, like it was a different take on the whole thing and it made him, I guess that much more of a parallel to Tony Stark, but yeah, that um, scene was quite good where he's making the suit in yeah, the, in, in the yeah. jet, um, and Happy turns on some ACDC. Yeah. I thought that was like really well done. And what's with Happy and Aunt May? Yeah, that was kind of out of nowhere, kind of unnecessary, and and almost and almost like I would I would say like really quick. Yeah. Like instantaneously, they're they're in like a relationship or dating her. But I kind of liked how she was like, "Well, it's casual," and he thinks it's more than, than it is. But I think if still, she, she wasn't blipped or snapped. It would have made a lot more sense. Like stuff has been going on since he was gone. Yeah, yeah. But because she came back around the same time, yeah, like you said, it was really quick. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because I think he's been. He I think he mentioned he grew his beard during the five-year period. So I don't oh, think okay. he was snapped. No, I don't. He wasn't because he was with uh, the kid and, and Tony in Endgame, remember? Oh, yes. Right, right, right. Yeah, so he knows the kid and, and there's a connection. there. Yeah, yeah, so that's true. So he was, he's was he been around. Um, yeah, I thought it was very interesting that they, they threw that in there. I guess, like, they wanted that dynamic and they wanted to, they wanted to, I think, bring Happy in and make him more, because so, to me, it looks like Happy's going to kind of take on the, the sort of father uncle role that that Tony Stark essentially has yeah. been playing um you know I don't know what that means for the future but it, I, I think they were like we got to ingrain mm. him as a part of this I wonder if the initial thought was because he directed the first Iron Man that he was going to direct more and they kind of took him away from that yeah and then now the last few movies have sort of a and placed him back in again because I do I like his character I like John Favreau they have really like thrown happy in quite a bit recently so yeah you might be right they might be like okay well we've got him on contract we're going to start using him um but yeah i thought i thought you know the rest of the role he played in the movie i thought it was very good i thought to me he had one of the funniest moments that i think half the audience seemed to miss 
when he picks up a shield and tries to throw it yeah. at one of the drones and it just falls to the ground and as he's closing the door he's like how does Cap do that and he just closes the door I thought that was hilarious because he picked up a, a massive metal shield yeah. and tried to throw it and it went no like as any of us would it went nowhere <laughs> um, but yeah yeah, I thought that uh, I thought that that was that was odd that relationship was kind of odd yeah and it would it would have made more sense if they had had a little more connection yeah. in the first one like you know if they talked a little bit more or something when did they have time you bring up a good point when did they have time to to you know blossom into a relationship it must have been just as he came back after yeah. the end game or something and, and it makes sense he'd be around them a little bit more with tony gone like yeah. i could see him like being around peter more and clearly the relationship between happy and peter is much closer in this movie than the first spider-man one um but yeah it's interesting to me that they chose to to not like make that something maybe builds and and at the end of the movie they get together it's like it's right off the bat it seems like they have a relationship yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um what did you think about um the the sort of sequence at the end, so not before the post-credit scenes, which we'll talk about. So the sequence at the end, when we've got the sort of final moments between Mysterio and Spider-Man, what did you think about what happened at the end? Because essentially, as far as I can tell, like Mysterio's dead, and so they just one-off another villain. I don't know. With his whole thing being illusions, like that's true. But Edith did say all illusions are off or something mm -hmm. like he did ask now again that you're right with his illusions he could be able to trick technology and stuff yeah. so you're right but it looks like he's dead yeah um it's, it's possible he's not it was uh it was a good way of of uh of doing it too like you know it looked like as as you said the post credit scenes like it looks bad to everybody else but yeah well let's just talk about it All we right. might as well we're right. here um in the post-credit <laughs> scene you learn that mysterio recorded the final moments with him and spider-man and they you know his his crew redubbed new dialogue mm -hmm. over top of it that made it look like spider-man was controlling the drones mm -hmm. which was interesting because there was a line earlier in the final battle where he he told he yells at one of the people to turn turn the projections off. Mysterio does, and they're like, well, "I don't know how you're gonna swing this, yeah. or people will see what what we're doing." And he yells like, "They'll see what I want them to see," and that it's kind of like he he knew that this could be a possibility, so yeah. he had this other plan in mind, which is interesting for Mysterio. But yeah, so Mysterio looks like he's dead, but he's revealed to the world that Peter Parker is Spider Man. So what did you think of all that? I thought it was. Uh... It was a cool twist. I really liked it. I didn't really see it coming. No, neither did I. I feel weird because, you know, I'm usually pretty good at guessing twists, but that one I was not seeing. I was completely thrown with um, that. And I like, again, I know we've talked a lot about this already, but the parallel of with Tony Stark. Tony Stark came right out of way and said, I'm Iron Man. Yeah. And everybody knew it. Yeah. Where now, a similar thing, it's more of a negative, but... Everybody now knows that Peter Parker is, is Spider-Man. Yeah, and I, I think I really like the the them blaming him because that, that's a big part of what I remember of Spider-Man is that people never really liked him. Mm -hmm. As much as he was a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, like he was mainly contained to New York as opposed to other Avengers that were more global – people in New York were not fans of him for mm -hmm. the longest time. And it was addressed a little bit in the Sam Raimi movies, but it – you know bringing J. Jonah Jameson back. I was just going to say, yeah. Which was incredible. And this actually gives him a really good reason not to like Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Like, I found yeah. like a lot of the other ones were just like, 
I'm just deciding to pick this side that he's he's the bad guy. And they don't yeah. really get a reason why. Like they kind of go into it sometimes with Venom and the Brock thing, depending on which mm-hmm. you know story arc you're following. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a legit, like, you know, I'm taking the stance because there's video proof that he killed somebody and caused all this mayhem and yeah and and if if you're a person in in this universe from all the footage you've seen all you know of mysterio is that he was he was a hero yeah he was he was helping save people from these monsters that were that were attacking in london and prague and all these different places um but yeah spider-man you know at the end it looks like he is the one who was controlling the drones and that mysterio was trying to stop him and then he killed mysterio and killed a lot of people um, so basically it leaves you with that cliffhanger of Spider-Man is standing in the middle of what looks like Times Square and this thing is revealed to the world on, on television. So it's, you know, it's interesting what they're going to do next with it, but it's going to lead us into that time frame of, of Spider-Man being kind of a torn character where some people think he's a villain. Some people think he's, he's a hero. Yeah. Um, and I remember in the Sam Raimi movies, there's even scenes where, like, police are basically under order to arrest him. Um, hmm. And and I'm wondering if they're going to bring those types of things back into where Spider-Man tries to save someone and tries to continue what he's doing. But essentially, he has to also avoid the police. Right. He has to get, <laughs> capture the criminals, do all that, and then get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like the... The whole Batman angle. Yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. is that what where they're gonna go with that is really intriguing to me, and and I'm interested to see kind of what they they go, where they go from here. But I think they left us at a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, wait, what? What's going on? So there's obviously gonna be a third one. Mm-hmm. When we don't know, mm-hmm. because it's it's Sony, and and we have no idea what what they're doing. Um, they so, don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so, so give us some kind of like closing thoughts for you, just overall in the movie. Like anything else you want to highlight and talk about, and and any other like things that that you felt were well done, or was there anything in here that you would criticize? I do have a, a criticism, something we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't like MJ. Um, the way her character is. I don't mind her character. Uh, sorry, I, I should refrain. I, I do like her character. Mm. I don't like how they've made them sort of a couple. Yeah. Because I don't really see how they would click. But with the way the character is yeah. now. Like yeah, she, yeah. She's some comedic relief because she's kind of a downer. And, yeah, but yeah. She's kind of quirky. Yeah, which I, I don't know. I just, I don't see, like, he's like, you're amazing. I'm like, what do you see him that's amazing about her like yeah she's she's funny and she's probably yeah. the most honest person that she knows <laughs> yeah. because she just says very she blunt thinks. very honest but yeah i just don't it's very different from your typical mary jane i know she's not mary jane she's mj it's a big thing big but, thing yeah it's very different her name's um, michelle yeah but you know i i get what you mean though because she in the other movies and even the tv show she was always the popular girl and the reason why that kind of worked was he was a geek and and you never see the geeky nice guy get you know get the popular girl like that's the whole thing but she sort of sees the real him beyond that even though she doesn't know he's spider-man right off the bat she's sort of like she does figure it out on her own but she perceives this inner strength that he has Mm. um but in this one it yeah it seems like because mj's kind of quirky and sort of keeps to herself too isn't really as like interesting i mean she does like observe peter and figure out spider-man or whatever but she's very cold and distant with mm-hmm. a lot of it so yeah it's definitely a different completely different dynamic than you're sort of used to 
I also feel that, like how you touched on that MJ is usually like the the popular girl and stuff. The um, I'm, the name is uh, Zendaya. Zendaya. Are you, are you talking of the actor who plays? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm talking about another character. Um, the one in the the in uh, Homecoming. That's oh. The, um, the popular girl yes. that he goes to prom with. Yeah, well, I can't remember her I name. Yeah. yeah. But I almost feel like those characters should have been switched. You know? Like, the MJ character should have been the the, the daughter of... Um, what was his name again? Oh, um... <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you were having troubles with names. Uh, na- on... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> now yeah, I am. Michael Keaton's character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Vulture. Vulture, yeah. Oh, but I can't wow. remember his name. But Vulture, yes. Um, like, I almost feel like that should have been the daughter. Like, that character. Because, mm. like, they would have got along. They would have been friends. and But then the popular girl you know, would be the love interest. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, it does seem very odd that we sort of quickly got a leap from Peter in the last movie having a different love interest, and then in this movie it's immediately I'm obsessed with MJ, which I guess, again, is like Spider-Man people were like, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. But in the movies they didn't really explain that. Mm. Like they didn't really show them connecting in yeah. really any way. Um, so it's interesting to me that they kind of just jumped through that again, probably for timing and they just didn't have the ability to do it and would expect people would just accept it. But yeah, you're right. It is interesting that that's a bit of a leap because of who the character is and they didn't really do a good job of explaining it. Mm. Like if they had a moment where it explained what he was so interested in her for, like what, what's the interest? like? And it's not like, it's not like she's unappealing. It's just, it's, you're not explaining why a character's interested in another. Yeah, like you, they, yeah. they just can't be like, Oh, well these two characters like each other. Well, why? Like, why is an important thing? So yeah, you bring up a good point there. Anything else that you thought overall, like criticisms or anything else you liked in the movie? Uh, I, I really liked the, the goon that they kind of threw in to drive the bus. He just Dimitri. Like said, yeah, Dimitri. That's it. Yeah, he like says nothing or anything like that, and like the teacher has some pretty good back and forth with him. Well, not back and forth, just he talks to him, and the yeah. guy says nothing. But yeah, uh, again, I liked uh, the choices for the teachers. Yes, the teachers. Uh, the the were guy good. returns the the guy from the first one, but then yeah. um, the what's his name? I think he's uh, Eddie Murphy's brother or something. Isn't he? And wasn't he in? Not Arrested Development, but he was in Curve Your Enthusiasm or something. Like yeah. he he had a TV show for a while that he was a really big role in. Yeah, but I can't I can't again I can't names. We should have had like the cast yeah, list we, open we, or something. We should have done some um, but anyway, <laughs> but I know who you mean. Like he's he's um he's quite funny, and I think he is a stand up yeah. comedian too, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, random factoid: He also is one of the DJs in the Grand Theft Auto. Universe. Oh, there you go. Cool. <laughs> there you go. That little Very Grand Theft Auto. Voice. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think the casting in, in this movie was great, and the mm. acting overall was, was great. If I have one thing in the movie, is I actually feel like the movie could have been about ten minutes shorter had you cut out some of the silly humor. Like I think there were just a few things that just didn't land for me, and there was too there was too much. Like we got to make this funny, 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 mm, funny, yeah. funny. And I think a lot of situational humor things worked, and that's my type of humor. I like situational humor, but a couple of the jokes and little things didn't really land for me, um, or things went on a little too long. Like mm. there was at least thirty seconds of the one teacher trying to take a selfie with his normal camera and then it do- almost falls in the water then doesn't and then he drops in the water yeah well yeah. that was like 30 seconds long like you could have done that in a shorter period of time like i feel like they could have shaved 10 minutes off this movie 
of just like taking out some of the silly humor, but keeping in some of the good stuff. Like everything with Flash was really good. Yeah. Like his dynamic with with Peter still, even though it was in the trailer, the whole when he's making when he's saying like Spider Man's so great, he can he can take on this Mysterio's not that big a deal, and then he makes fun of Peter thirty seconds later. It's yeah. still so funny yeah. to me. Um, just because he has no idea. Or when uh, Happy says that he works with Spider-Man. He goes, you work for Spider-Man? <laughs> yeah, he's like, no, I work with <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, and then, like, what does he say? Because um, when they're when the drones are attacking and Happy and Flash and MJ and all them are together, he he says something. They're all, like, it, they're all scared and they're all, like, admitting things. And Flash is just like, I just make stupid videos and people follow me. And Happy goes, hey, if it wasn't for you, Spider-Man would never have found you. It yeah. wasn't really he's like, Spider-Man follows me? <laughs> and he's just so happy, forgets that they're they're even in mortal danger. He's just so happy that Spider-Man follows him on social media. Um, I can't remember now. He calls it something witty, too. It's like something witty with the, the, the people who follow Flash, something like Flash Attack or something like oh, that. It's yeah, very, it's very yeah. good. Like he did, They did a very good job of like modernizing things in yeah, that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, like, overall, though, I, I have to say this movie's fantastic. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's definitely well worth seeing, well worth watching again and again. Like, really, if, if I've got one complaint and that's a few of the jokes don't land, otherwise, it's a pretty solid movie across the board. Totally agree, yeah. And I'm looking forward to see what they do next. Like, I'm yeah. I'm actually, I come out of this, like, I came out of Spider-Man Homecoming satisfied and happy. But being like, okay, well, Avengers is coming up next. Like, whatever. It's like another another wheel in the cog. Yeah. But this one, I'm like, what? I can't wait for Spider-Man whatever. Yeah. Spider-Man. I bet you it has home in the title. You think so? <laughs> you think <laughs> they kind of have a theme there. Yeah. So what would that be? So we've got Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and now he's like on the run. Home Alone? Home Alone. <laughs> Spider-Man Home Alone. No, I don't think that's going to be it. Um, but Kevin! It can't be Spider-Man Homeless. But, you know, it'll be something like that. You know, it'll be, it'll be something with home in the title but, like, on the run or something around that. Like, And I, I actually wish they had gone Spider-Man still. I think they should have gone Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man, like, Semester Abroad or something. Like, yeah. kept with the school theme. Yeah. Um, I don't know, what again, what they do with the third one. But that would have been kind of cool. But, again, I, I, I get why it's far from home. Um, he's in Europe. And at the beginning, I thought maybe he's in the multiverse. I don't even know. Like, that was, like, yeah. when it's far from home, I was like, where is he going? Like, I don't even know. They do, um, and they do mention it in there, which is do. exciting as well. They do. There's so many possibilities for that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in the third one. But I definitely came out of this movie going, I'm really excited for the next Spider-Man movie. And I, and I, I can honestly say I haven't felt that way about a standalone MCU movie in a while. Like, I liked Black Panther. I liked Captain Marvel. But I didn't come out being like, I need to see the next one now. I just really hope they don't Topher Grace it. Yeah, they've got to do a good job with the third one. It can't be Venom. Um, and I think the third, they just have to focus on him being his own villain. Like, I mean, they'll obviously have a villain in there. But him him kind of having to gain his reputation back, I think that's a big a big one. The, the best mcu movies i think have been the ones that really deal with that internal struggle yeah even like civil war yeah there's no i mean there's zemo is like the villain i guess in civil mm -hmm. war but essentially it's 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 an internal thing um and even even though thanos is a big part of, of endgame and infinity war it's a lot of internal battles that are going on yeah. and i think seeing spider-man deal with what it means to be a hero what he needs to do next all those things mm. would be really important. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, that's, I mean, we're, we're pretty much out of time. Uh, any last things you want to leave us with, Andrew? Uh, no, just 
looking forward to coming back to do the third one. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to the third one, and, and where the MCU goes next is like, I'm I'm really pumped yeah. about this. It's, it's exciting it's for exciting sure. Couple of years. And this is the last MCU movie for a while for 2019. We won't see one till 2020, and then I I do believe Guardians of the Galaxy is next May, mm. and then in the summer is is um. The Eternals, I think. But I, again, I don't know. I know that there's two planned next year and then two planned in 2021, which I think is when we get Black Panther 2. So there's there's a lot of mystery as to what's happening next. I'm sure they'll do a big announcement again well, yeah. and explain their lineup at some point in time. But we have to wait and they see. like their theaters. Until then. Well, thanks again for joining us, Andrew, for, for, for coming here. Um, just a reminder to everyone, uh, you can still download this week's episode as well of Screening in Kingston where we talk about Spider-Man Homecoming in less details. Though, if you you listen to all of this you probably don't need to listen to that um, but we do review some other movies so you can go check that out now that's available through the podcast network and then otherwise we'll have a new episode this tuesday where taylor and i are checking out wild rose again i don't know this, this podcast is coming out on a saturday so i have no idea when you're listening and downloading it but whenever you are we've got a new episode um on Tuesday, which I believe is the 16th? 16th. 16th. Tuesday is 16th, and then we still do have our uh, the episode that was on the 9th. So you've got lots of content for Screening at Kingston. Go download. Um, as Taylor always says, go see some movies. <laughs>